Good morning. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in two passages briefly this morning, Acts chapter 1 and Romans chapter 15. If you have your Bible, those passages will not appear on the screen this morning. We're going missionary style. Uh, we're not, we're, so if you, have, if you need a Bible, there should be one in the seat back in front of you. We're going to open up to these passages. Briefly, uh, let me start with this question. What is a missionary? What is a missionary? I mean, what a special Sunday, right? We have all these booths and all these tables set up with all of these different things telling us about all of these uh, mission uh, organizations, these different ministries that we're partnering with. We come in here and we hear from different missionaries. Uh, we, we celebrate all of that. We pray for them. We go home. But the question I have is what actually is a missionary? What is that? We even get gifts. Like I, I just got a gift from the Polish Christian uh, ministries here so I can celebrate my heritage. Uh, I'm Polish. i just found that out a little while ago. So, no, I knew. I knew that. Okay, I'm not that bad. Uh, but you get all of this and you see all of it and you wonder, like, what is, what is a missionary? I think it's a pretty valid question. When you read through your New Testament, you're not going to find the word missionary outside of the English headings that we put into the text. The closest concept, the closest word that we have to missionary in the New Testament is the Greek word apostolin. Right? It appears about 130 times in the New Testament. And it can be translated apostle. That's what you read. It has nuances, different meanings in the text. Uh, in general, at its most basic translation, translation, the word apostoline means one who is sent. So generally speaking, anyone who is sent from one place to another, that's what that word means. But it can also be used in a more specific sense. It has a double meaning, if you will. If you remember when Jesus called the 12 disciples that he uniquely set aside for a specific purpose, different from what anybody else would serve in in church history, he named them apostles. So what does that tell us about missionaries? How does that help us answer our question? I mean, is everybody, generally speaking, a missionary? Is there just a, a role reserved for a few people in a very specific role? Are they the missionaries? Who is it that are missionaries? Charles Spurgeon famously wrote, Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Every Christian, everyone who claims Christ is either a missionary or they are an imposter. I think that's a true statement in a lot of ways. If you've been journeying with us through First and Second Corinthians, I, I would think that you would uh, agree with that. As we have preached through First and Second Corinthians, we see over and over again the Apostle Paul impressing upon the church at Corinth their need to be missional to take the message that they had been entrusted with and bring it. Maybe no more vivid an example than 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul says, at one point, you saw the world this way. Everything you experienced, everything you came to know was filtered through your understanding of life, and then you met Jesus. And when you met Jesus, you put on a new lens, if you will, and now every experience, every understanding, everything you come to know about the world is filtered through that lens, the lens that we would call the gospel. And so now you see everything different. And the Apostle Paul says, when that's true of you, you're what we call an ambassador. You might say a missionary, one who takes this good news and represents it in a place that doesn't know it yet. And then he has this powerful line there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where he says, it is as though God is making his appeal to the world through us. Right? And so in a very real way, yes, you are in fact a missionary. Or do you remember a couple years ago, it, it is not lost on me that you probably don't, so I don't even know why I just said that, uh, when we were preaching through the book of Acts. <laughs> and, uh, and that's nothing against you. It's just, come on, there's a lot of sermons in the course of a year, and this was a couple of years ago, okay? We're preaching through the book of Acts, and we said the book of Acts is really the missionary adventures of the, of the early church. 
as they brought this beautiful gospel message to unreached people. Well, there's this verse in Acts chapter 1 that summarizes this entire missionary adventure. It's found in chapter 1, verse 8. If you have your Bible, you might want to underline or highlight this. It's a fascinating verse. Dr. Luke is writing to his friend Theophilus, and he is recounting the words of Jesus to those uh, disciples of his when he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power will lead you to be my witnesses, my missionaries, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. It's a really interesting verse. Jesus makes this promise. When you partner with the Holy Spirit, the goal of your life is to partner with the Holy Spirit to tell everyone, everywhere, about Jesus. So it's an absolutely fair conclusion that, yes, if you are in Christ, you are, in fact, called to be a missionary. For some people, your mission field, if you will, will be your home as a stay-at-home parent. For others, it's going to be the bank that you work at or the classroom that you teach in. Your mission, as God has described in the New Testament, God has entrusted every person with a people and a place, every single Christian. It's not on accident that you are surrounded by the people that you're surrounded with and the place that he has placed you. He makes no accidents. This is not something that he did not intend to do. You've been entrusted with a people and a place, and you are God's missionary for that place and those people. And it is your job to reach your coworkers, your family members, your teammates, your classmates, your friends, your neighbors, with the beautiful news of the gospel. But here's what I love about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, my missionaries in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. In other words, some people are called to be missionaries close to home. Close to home. And that's every, almost everybody in the room today. Not everybody, but close. It's called to make disciples of those who have not been reached close to your home, close to the area you live in. So we partner with ministries and organizations right here in Whitestown in the greater Indianapolis area to achieve that calling. As those of us in the room that call New Hope home, we are called to be here in this place and to make disciples in Whitestown, in Indianapolis, in Indiana, in our region, if you will. And so we partner with Love, Inc. and the Caring Center, and we partner with uh, all these other places to make disciples to meet the needs of our community. And then there are those with a very unique calling on their life who, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they receive power to be his missionaries to the ends of the earth, oftentimes forsaking the comforts of home. That's why I don't feel worthy to, to preach today because I've taken for granted so many of the comfort, comforts, so many of these missionaries who serve in this specific capacity, uh, they have sacrificed and they give up the comforts of home. And I love it. it it's, it's a beautiful partnership that works together. That's why Paul would often say, your partnership with me in the gospel. Think back to Acts chapter 13, the church at Antioch. This church fasted and prayed. Acts chapter 13 tells us they prayed together. They fasted together. And then from their midst, they set aside Paul and Barnabas to be sent from their gathering to the ends of the earth. And so you have this beautiful picture in Acts 13 of those who are called to be missionaries right there in Antioch and to make disciples of that surrounding community. Those who are called to be close to home, partnering with those who are sent from their midst to go make missionaries or to go make disciples to the very ends of the earth. And they're sent from there as Paul goes. And then there's Romans chapter 15. And I, I love this passage. I do. Uh, I'm going to read this passage for you. If you have a Bible, you can turn to it. Romans chapter 15, where the Apostle Paul is describing his own missionary work 
as one who is sent from close to home to the ends of the earth. Here's how he describes it, beginning in verse 20 of Romans 15. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. So he's saying, man, I've wanted to come and visit you, but it's always been my goal to, to go to the ends of the earth, not to make disciples close to home like many are called to do. He had a, unique or, a very unique calling on his life to go and make disciples to the ends of the earth, and that's what he does. Verse 23 says, but now that there's no more places for me to work in these regions... And since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I've enjoyed your company for a while. So no, no plans to set up shop in, in Rome, but just to see them while passing through to go to another unreached people group. But he has this fascinating line in there. I don't know if you caught it. There's no more work for me to do in these regions. Is Paul saying that in the regions that he had went to, that he had won every soul to Christ? No way, right? Like, no, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is now there's a church established and a group of people who understand it is their calling to be missionaries there in those regions. And from their midst, I'm being sent to the ends of the earth. You see, some are called, like many of us, to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, to the ends, and, and then others are called to go to the ends of the earth. And it's a beautiful partnership where we work together. We make disciples right here and we partner with those whom we send from our midst to other places. And here's what I love about that. If you've been at New Hope, in the last three to five years, we've had two missionary um, commissioning services right here on the stage. And and you witness them. Cody and Sylvia Adams being sent from here as we make disciples in Whitestown and Indianapolis. We come together and we partner. We sent them from here to go do missionary work where they're at. And then Deanna Lynn, we had her come, and we are her sending church. We are the church at Antioch, if you will, that fasts and prays over her mission, and we send her from our midst to go to other places. And and she's in Spain making disciples. Today's a special Sunday. I love this. I really do. Because we get to rub shoulders with those who have given up so much. Yesterday in our elders' prayer time, uh, Glenn, who just led us in in, um, communion, was with us, and he had this fascinating point of view. All these years he's been in Panama. In my mind, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the idea that that wouldn't have become home for him. And yet he said this. He said, that's not our home. We were called all those years ago to go and serve those people, and that is still what he wants us to do. We are there to serve them, not to get comfortable and make it our home. And when we can no longer do the work there, we'll come home. But for now, we stay and we serve. That's incredible. That's to the ends of the earth type mission work. And so what a privilege to be the church at Antioch, if you will, and to partner with all of these going to the ends of the earth. And so would you give a warm New Hope welcome to one of our missionaries who we're going to hear from today, Brother Wing Wong, as he makes his way up to the stage. Praise the Lord. Warriors are yours. Oh, that's not Chinese. <laughs> that's what the northern Chinese would say. That is what the Hong Kong girls would say. And that's why they call me Wing Wong from Hong Kong. 
because at my home. <laughs> so actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him I intentionally did not fully introduce him because if you've been at New Hope, we have we have had a partnership in China with the ministry that Wing Wong leads for years, and the introduction that he gives of himself is a thing of legend at our church. And so many of you who are new to the church, you need to hear uh, this brother introduce himself. And so uh, go ahead, give us a little bit of your background and and help us remember. Uh, your name, uh, yes. because it's a legend. So. I, grew, I grew up uh, in Hong Kong, of course, you know, 72 years ago. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, actually, I grew up from a Christian family in Hong Kong. And uh, my great-grandmother was a very devoted Christian, and uh, she heard the gospel from a German missionary. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really did a great sacrifice, you know, uh, taking the slow boat to China <laughs> in those days. And then, well, the young ones won't know that slow boat in China. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you, will, you don't even know, right? I don't. They I've learned, know. <laughs> I'm learning something every service. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and, and he came to Hong Kong and he learned the local dialect. In those days, uh, the local dialect would be Hakanese. And so he learned Hakanese. And then he went door to door to uh, tell people about Jesus. And my great-grandmother... Um, heard the story of Jesus, and she gave her life to Christ. And uh, she had wonderful, great influence to our life. And uh, so I knew Jesus when I was very small. And, uh, and, 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 and then um, uh, when I grew up, I loved the Lord so much, and I loved the church so much, and uh, I've been going to three churches at the same time. And, uh, when you were in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, in Hong Kong. Very active, you know, each week. And, uh, and, uh, and then, uh, well, finally, maybe the Lord knew, you know, that uh, I just want to uh, follow him and give my life to him completely. And he called me and come to America to study. Okay. Uh, and what and year was that? Yeah, that was uh, 1970, and I went to this uh, cowboy city, <laughs> Nebraska, <laughs> you know. A little different than Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, uh, uh, in, in the, uh, God chose the right, you know, uh, college for me too, because uh, he didn't send me, you know, to big school. Uh, university like that, but uh, just a family style, mm. and I, I really appreciate the love that people show me, and I learn to love, and uh, and and then, uh, well, uh, in those days, you know, we do not have much to do in school, except you know, study, going library, and then what we do, we have a big ping pong table there. And so that's what I do all the time for my pastime. <laughs> and then they saw me and said, Wing Wong from Hong Kong, play ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then one of, one of these, well, a couple of years later, and we got a student from India. His name, now don't laugh, you know, that's, 
That's real, seriously. <laughs> and his name was Abster Dingdor. <laughs> so Mr. Dingdor played ping pong with Wing Wong. And so they started going to rhyme it, you know. Wing Wong from Hong Kong played ping pong with Ding Dong. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, somebody, you know, added like King Kong and all this, you know, wing a, wing a ling, ding a ding stuff. <laughs> First service didn't get that part. <laughs> I've heard that like over the years a lot, and I love it every time. Let me ask this. Um, give us the, just in, in here in a couple minutes, just give us a, a brief summary of, because there might be someone in the room who's felt this in their life. Um, when did you know God wanted you to be a missionary? Because you could have gone back to China to just be a pastor, and, and that's great. But specifically, being a missionary, there was a call placed on your life. And, and it may be an inspiration to someone who's battling that right now, even from our church family. Would you tell us a brief summary yeah. of when you're, you were called? Yeah, just, just like uh, what you shared in your sermon a while ago. And God gave us you know, different callings and uh, placed us in different uh, positions. Mm -hmm. And so we can share the gospel to different groups of people. And, uh, well, um, I was 21 years old when God called me uh, to um, get ready to be equipped and uh, to uh, make disciples among the Chinese people wherever he sent me. And uh, that was, I remember it so well, because that was the first time that the jumbo jet landed in Hong Kong. <laughs> you know, that was a, a big thing, you know. Mm. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, at that time, you know, uh, like I said, I went to three churches, and one of the church that I went to was the Christian church uh, led by American, you know, missionaries. <laughs> and uh, they did not know Chinese, okay? And uh, I, I went there for, uh, uh, well, when I was uh, in junior high, okay? Because I want to learn more English. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, after I went to that church and I found out that, oh, no, that's not God's will, you know? Because uh, they only have uh, literally, you know, like... Uh, uh, their own missionary family on one side, and then about a handful, I mean a handful, you know, not two handful, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Chinese on the other side. So, so I even volunteered myself to translate for them, although my English was, was you know, really like Chinglish, you know, Chinese plus English. <laughs> even worse than now, you know. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, and... Uh, um, anyway, that, that missionary couple, you know, went back to America on furlough for a year, and uh, the, uh, their cousin uh, went to Hong Kong, newly wed, okay, uh, as uh, the, the missionary interns, you know, to mm -hmm. fill in, you know, for that year, and we became good friends. And at that time, I was the administrator of a school, you know, in Hong Kong. And then uh, he, uh, well, we have a lot of fun. I show, show, show them, you know, about Hong Kong and all this, you know, and uh, have good food and learn how to use chopsticks and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, 
One day he called me, Wayne, you like to go to go with me to the airport to, to see the first landing of Jumbo Jack? I said, wow, American never see a Jumbo Jack? <laughs> okay, I will go with you. But before we went, he said, well, Wayne, we need to go to this uh, Chinese church and uh, because they, they have uh, uh, the youth group uh, leadership uh, dedication, you know, weekend. That was on a Saturday. And so anyway, uh, he got uh, this uh, nice Japanese camera, you know, <laughs> they want him to take pictures. But uh, this American couple do not know any Chinese except Wei uh, you know, that's, hey, how are you? <laughs> that's about it. Uh, so while he was uh, going around to take pictures and I sat down and listened to the sermon, you know, and the minister uh, used Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, to preach. And that was the, exactly the same scripture that caused me to raise up my hand in, uh, in, uh, on my 11th grade in a Christian summer camp. And I raised up my hand and said, Lord, you know, I will, you know, I want to be in the full-time ministry. I want to dedicate my life to that. And uh, then I left it to God. Well, uh, so that was before. So you're at camp, make that yes. commitment to full-time vocational ministry. Uh, now you're hearing this missionary use the same passage. Yes. And he said something in particular that you referenced yes. that has resonated with you for 50 oh. years. What was that statement? Well, uh, well, when I, I was sitting down, you know, I thought that, well, I should be up on the stage, you know, to preach instead of just listening, <laughs> you know, back yeah. there. And then... I still remember he said that uh, ever since he dedicated his life and entered into the full-time ministry, God had not failed him once. And, uh, well, that night, you know, seems like uh, my, you know, God kind of, you know, uh, helped me to remember my dedication to him and uh, kind of uh, stir up, you know, my heart, yeah. my feeling for him. And then we went to the airport, and after all the excitement you know, of the celebration of this uh, first landing of that big bird, you know, everything, and then we sat in the restaurant, and uh, we start you know, talking. And, uh, well, this uh, missionary intern, all of a sudden, he asked me a question that, that I, I never know that he was a serious guy. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, he asked me, Wayne, what do you want, what exactly you want to do with your life? And boy, right away, I felt that God was using him, you know, to ask me that question. So I told him, then he, he got all excited. He said, Wayne, that's so wonderful because we are American, you know, we come to uh, the your Chinese people, we do not speak your language, we do not know your culture, and uh, well, just we, you know, uh, it's very hard for us, you know, to reach out to people. He said, it would be great if you come to America and then you study and then you come back and teach all these Chinese people. And boy, I said, wait a minute, you <laughs> Let me pray about it. <laughs> My heart just pum, 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 because I knew God is, you know, doing something. And so I went home and I prayed 
uh, talk about prayer. Actually, I was arguing with God. No, my English is not good, you know. People won't understand me. I don't understand them. Yeah. You know, they will kick me back home. And no, Lord, I'm just a poor school teacher. I do not have money. <laughs> you know, I can't go there. And have, you know, all kind of excuses. But I never have peace. When I try to sleep, I couldn't. You know, I have to kneel down and argue some more and find some more excuses. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice, strong but yet gentle. Um, sorry, ladies, it's a male voice. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, talk to me in Chinese. said, Wing, do you trust me? Oh, I knew that's enough. Right then, I have peace because I knew all the struggles that I have, God was there and he knew everything. And That's so I repent, and then I said, Lord, I will go, you know, wherever you want me to go. And I tell you, I didn't even bother to look at, you know, to ask for a school catalog. <laughs> I said, well, That's God, it. this is the school you want me to go, I will go. <laughs> so it's almost 50 so, years ago. Yeah. 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 So just for the sake of our time this morning, I'm going to ask you just mm -hmm. one more question, mm -hmm. and then I want to encourage you guys. There's probably some questions you have for him. 2 Corinthians 11, we're going to study that next Sunday as a church. Mm -hmm. And in that chapter, the Apostle Paul lists out in a description of his own ministry, his own mission work, all of the hardships that he had experienced. Uh, and it's brutal. And you just read it in a way that you really read. This man actually experienced mm -hmm. these things. And it's just unbelievable. I kid you not, there are times where I read your newsletter. Mm -hmm. And it brings 2 Corinthians 11 to my mind. Amen. The work in China is so unbelievably difficult, mm -hmm. uh, and they've experienced so many hardships. So could you share just one example mm -hmm. to give the church an idea of how mm -hmm. best to partner with you in prayer moving mm -hmm. forward for some of the things you've had to endure? Just a, a brief example of, mm -hmm. uh, of that, if you would. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, one time when uh, we were in Yino, Mongolia, and actually on that trip I have... Uh, uh, many of your Hong Kong people, my my son, and uh, the Bible College students, your mm -hmm. Americans, and uh, with me. And then, uh, well, first, you know, we thought the Lord going to send us to the green grassland. Everybody think that, well, they can ride the horses and everything, you know, they would have fun. Then the Lord sent us to the great desert. <laughs> and there was nothing, you know, only sand. <laughs> and the wind even brought the sand to your face. It's so, so, you know, uh, painful even. It's a little different than out here today. It'd be the oh, snow yeah. in your face. Right, so that's right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but any, and anyway, on that trip, uh, we have 92 baptisms. And... Uh, and in the desert, know that you know, and uh, and 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 we we have to build our own uh, baptistry, you know, with canvas, cloth, and things yeah. like that. <laughs> and then we have to walk half a mile to hold water, you know, uh, the well water, and it's so icy cold, so we have to boil it. Hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, and well, we thank God. The first day, only two. People were baptized, and we found out that uh, the baptistry was leaking, <laughs> and we have to get some more water. Mm. And then, uh, then the next day, over 80 people came. 
know, to be baptized. And uh, it was uh, you know, such an exciting time. I never baptized people so much that my back hurt. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't, that didn't sit well. <laughs> with the local government. So you guys ended up getting uh, no, arrested. No, no. And then, you know, the devil didn't like it. And uh, we got arrested. <laughs> anyway. Like he's laughing, but I don't think he's actually thinking it's funny. Like that's just, <laughs> like, get arrested for baptizing 92 people. Yeah, you know, every crisis, you know, then you see God's wonderful, wonderful presence. Like the song, you know, that we sung. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, you know, uh, boy, uh, we, you know, I, I, I told people I have the best job, you know, because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So from that, though, you, you got arrested. And I'll tell you this, just mm -hmm. um, when you read the newsletter, guys, sign up for mm -hmm. it. There's multiple times where our elders have had to pause what we're doing to pray because they've been... Uh, you know, crowded in by the police, arrested. Mm -hmm. The government does not want the gospel to be Amen. spread. And so this is a man Amen. who has sacrificed so much. I want to encourage you to spend some time talking to him. Uh -huh. He can share more after the service with you. But what came to mind as I thought about this, I was praying for you ahead of time, was there's this famous mm -hmm. missionary story, a different part of the mm -hmm. world in Ecuador. A man named Jim Elliott felt called to go and, and make mm -hmm. uh, disciples in this place. And he went and the, the very people, the indigenous people that he was called to murdered him. And you read in his journal mm -hmm. this famous quote that you come to my mind when I hear it. Mm -hmm. And so does Glenn Russell and all these others. Mm -hmm. He said this, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to Amen. gain what he cannot lose. Amen. Amen. Yes. It's a privilege to rub shoulders Amen. with heroes Amen. of the faith Amen. like this. Don't let this Sunday pass by without taking time. Stop at the tables. Listen to the stories. Learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. This is a special place. We didn't create this. This has been a part of New Hope's culture mm -hmm. for 50 years. And don't let this Sunday be lost. I'm going to pray for Brother Wing Wong. Mm -hmm. We're going to worship together and pray over our other missionaries this morning. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your incredible grace. Reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul when he said, thank you so much for your partnership with me in the gospel. What a privilege to partner with Brother Wing Wong. And the work that he's done, the sacrifices that he's made for the kingdom are an inspiration to us. I don't feel worthy. But I know because of Jesus, we are. We are brothers in Christ. We are partners in the gospel. Thank you for New Hope and the support of ministries like Wing Wong's and so many others. Father, may it be said of us that we did not hold on to what we could not keep, but instead exchanged it for what we could not lose. Amen. We ask you for this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said. Amen. Let's stand together and worship our God.